0: Talking with today?
1: Uh, My name is Xiao Guo. I'm from Heather's.
0: And you traveled in 2013, you were saying?
1: Yeah, it was 2013, uh, around September. And originally the plan was to have like a week long trip going through Italy with a few friends of mine. Oh, cool. Um, But that fell through, like literally last minute, like a week before. And
0: did you already have tickets booked and everything?
1: Well, no, it was through a travel agency. So I I could cancel any time.
0: That's kind of nice.
1: Yeah, but the original plan was going through um, Italy from the north to the south, end up in Venice, you know, and then fly back. And everything with like food cost of uh, housing and travel, Mm -hmm. probably two to three grand per person, which isn't bad for a whole week over in Italy. Um, yeah. In a group. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but people, I guess, wanted to hang out in Vegas instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess your two to three grand could go quite up. Oh, yeah. In Vegas oh, yeah. And you
1: so, last change of plans, I decided to just kind of like go to the UK and maybe like Paris and just see what Europe's all about, you know?
0: That's awesome. Um, so, had you been to Europe before? I've never. Okay. Everyone
1: in my family has except me. So, Uh, First Europe trip. Yep. Awesome. And then being freshly out of college, I was like, oh, I'm making all this money interning right now. Might as Mm -hmm. well use it, you know, because like once you go full time, you don't have time to travel as much. It's
0: so true. Working full time, you don't get to travel. And I had a good friend Mm -hmm. when I was in college. I had a really good friend who was working full time and he would tell me like, hey, when you're in college, you have a lot of time to travel, but no Mm -hmm. money. Exactly. And then when you work, though, you have a lot of money or at least money to travel, but you don't have any time. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, that's funny because I was in college and I was like, <laughs> I'll always have time. And then you just don't think about it. And right, then when you right. work full time, you're like, oh, I really don't have months to take. Mm-hmm. Like I get a week maybe to go travel somewhere, not like a month or like three months if right. you do in the summer. And
1: honestly, the only opportunity you have during college is to travel travel abroad and study abroad there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. to like actually live somewhere and really know what it's like to be there. Like I think that time in a place makes Mm -hmm. it much more real to you, but it's so hard to get that time in life in general. So So you had the right idea. I had
1: the right idea. Taking the time. And um, at the time I saw one of my friends post on Facebook that she was meeting up with another friend of hers in Edinburgh uh, because that friend who I didn't know at the time, um, which turned out to be my freshman year's next door neighbor.
0: Whoa. Yeah.
1: Like she was just saying, "Oh, I'm gonna meet a, fr- I'm going to visit a friend in Scotland."
0: But it was someone you actually already knew.
1: It was someone in our ex, I already actually knew, and I was really good friends with her too. What? So I hit up my friend Sherida, and uh, she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to Edinburgh, and then we're gonna go travel to Isle of Skye." Um, so I messaged her. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to Europe too around the same time. You wanna hang out?" So we planned it pretty good, um, and they. At- Pretty much just added me to that itinerary.
0: That's cool. Because originally I, <clears> you were <throat> like, hey, I'm going to do this by myself. Even right. if no one else wants to go. Right. That's awesome. So
1: they included me and it helped lower the travel costs a little bit.
0: Yeah. Know. To do it in a mm-hmm. group and like share some stuff.
1: Yeah. So I got added to that and I ended up just um, playing the rest of the trip out by myself. So I met up with them for three days. Okay. Uh, so I'll start from the beginning again. Uh, I flew out from Seattle and... Went to GFK and hung out for a little bit there. And then from there I went to London Heathrow and I arrived at like ten PM at night. And at that point I still haven't got adjusted to the time difference. So yeah. I was like just super exhausted. Um got to the hotel, passed out, and then um hung out there for a little bit, got to see like the scenery and then just chatted with some locals. And then next morning I flew out to Paris. Oh wow. Yeah. Still a little bit Not adjusted, time-wise, but I was good enough to just walk around for a day. That's cool. So this
0: was before you met up with your friends? Correct, correct. Okay, so you're just trying to do, like, Euro Euro trip by myself. Yeah, and, like, you want to hit some of the bigger cities, Mm -hmm. like Paris, which is super iconic.
1: It's super close, though, everywhere in Europe. You could fly there or take the train. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take more than a few hours.
0: Yeah, so easy, especially for... Anybody living in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and we're used to taking, like, six-hour six flights hour, to the other side of the country. Or just drive six hours to go to the other yeah. side of the state, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so
1: I stopped by Paris for two days. On the first day, um, got checked into our hotel. It was kind of by the Eiffel Tower place. Nice. Um, it was a small, cozy room. Very minimal, which I kind of, like, wasn't used to because everything here is, like, super big or, like, just big presents. Like, yeah. We drive Hummers. We drive giant... SUVs. Everything's big. Everything's like petite over there.
0: Yeah, we're like the Texas of the world. Correct, <laughs> correct.
1: Which was kind of nice. It's a good change of pace. And um, after I got checked in and everything, I kind of just walk around the area a little bit, uh, just kind of taking the culture, the architect. And I honestly have to say, um, it's very well organized. Layout-wise, so the first stop that I went to was the Eiffel Tower.
0: Did you go up the Eiffel Tower? I did you?
1: not because oh, okay. of the weight. The lines. Yeah, <laughs> the lines were ridiculous That's at that crazy. time. So I was just hanging out, sitting on the grass, you know, taking this nice sunny weather and then just chilling and taking photographs. Um, That's awesome. I did notice that there were groups of, like, women with, like, little cardboards. Or not cardboard, but the uh, signboards. Okay. Uh, signature pads, you know. Okay. Walking around. So I was just kind of curious, so I'm walking along uh, north to the Champ de mars Yeah, so I'm walking my on, on my way up there. Uh, I get stopped by one of these girls, and she comes up to me and starts speaking in French, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't speak French. Vous voulez vous anglais? You know, do you speak English? Yeah. And she's like, I know a little bit. Uh, I'm just trying to s- gather money for, like, uh, ch- child's educational funding. Do you want to help pitch in some money for it? And I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, why not? So, yeah, those
0: French children need some right. love, too. They need some love. They need yeah. some
1: materials for education. So yeah. I was like, all right, I can give you 20 euros. No problem. That's so awesome. I put my name down. put all the contact information. I pull out my wallet, and I'm going through it. I'm, I hand her, like, a 20 euro at that point. And she's like, oh, no, that's too much, you know. And she's like, I can't take that, That's too much. So I'm like, really? That's too much? I'm trying to help you. <laughs> yeah. So I put, the, I put my money back in my wallet, and I'm flipping through my wallet. At this point, and then she sees the hundred euro bill, and then immediately puts her two fingers in there and snatches it, and then blows me and kiss, like "thank you so much," and then just runs away. And I'm like, <gasps> "My God, did that just happen?
0: Whoa, what yeah. a what a scam! Right? That's a great scam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, horrible, but horrible, like, but so well thought out. Like, she knew exactly what she was doing in every moment.
1: It gets even better. I look to my left. There's a guy in a military military uniform carrying like a rifle or something like that, just patrolling area. And we make eye contact, and I put my hand out. I'm like, do you see what just happened? And he kind of just shrugs and walks away. I'm like, wow, okay. Wow. Yeah, so apparently that happens a lot, and they just don't deal with it. That's crazy. Because there's a lot of different groups of uh, women that are doing the same thing all around the Eiffel Tower area.
0: Are they, like, dressed the same, or you just notice, oh, there's people with...
1: I just noticed people with, sign- like, clipboards hmm. walking around.
0: And then she just was dressed totally normally. Yeah, like... totally
1: normal. Wow. Not like she was scene. a vagabond or anything. It was just, like, a normal, like, what we wear every day walking around. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, if you ever go to Eiffel Tower, be careful of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. Yeah, so... Uh, I haven't
0: experienced that personally, but I haven't spent a lot of time near the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. so... Yeah,
1: that's... I just liked hanging hang out around the Eiffel Tower because you get, yeah. like... You get the tourists, and you get the locals, and you got the people jogging around the place. Yeah, the is it's just lawn like a so giant nice. sense of community. Yeah, yeah. which <laughs> around here you don't really see that much because it's always raining, or people are just giving you the cold shoulder. Yeah, big uh-huh.
0: cities in the U.S. are so different. Oh yeah. 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 So, so hopefully it was worth 100
1: euros. <laughs> and I was get like, that you know feeling. That's just that's a unique experience. <laughs> that I could tell stories about. I guess it's worth 100 euros. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, your 100 euro <laughs> story. Yeah. So uh, I ended up going up to the. Um, the uh, Champ de Mars, and uh, it's just very beautiful. It's like just a giant platform overlooking the Eiffel Tower, and you can see to the southern part of Paris. Um, everything's like marble, and it's, yeah, performers on the side just doing their thing. And um, so beautiful. Actually, some of the locals were really friendly, and we chatted for a little bit. And then she even took a picture of me. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And then uh, parted ways. And then I ended up um, walking to the Arc de Triomphe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you can go up to the very top of that. Mm-hmm. I can't find the can. entrance for that.
0: So, it's actually underground. That's the difficult That's part. probably why. So, you have to go... The Arc de Triomphe is, like, in a circle, right? And you uh-huh. know, there's a bunch of cars around. And then there's only, like, one or two streets that you can cross to, like, get up there. Right. If you go under one of the tunnels that goes in there, mm-hmm. um, you can pay to go up onto the top. So instead of just okay. going up into the s- center, you go up all the way to the top of the Arc de Triomphe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I actually, I went when I was a student in Europe. So it was free. I had like the best deals when I was traveling during that time because uh-huh. I had a European student visa. So I got like all these deals to do a lot of free or heavily discounted things in Paris that usually cost a lot of money because I think it costs like $15. 15- 20 bucks something I mean 20 euros studied in Spain okay which was really lucky because I didn't necessarily go to Paris like thinking oh I'm gonna get discounted stuff Mm -hmm. but because I technically was a European student I did get like a heavy discount a lot of stuff which was Good, because I was also poor at that uh-huh. time. <laughs> <laughs> I <Like, laughs> said so college students can't afford anything. But yeah, there yeah. is a way to get to the top, but it's tricky because it's like hidden in the tunnel. Too yeah, yeah.
1: so bad we can yeah. invest in Bitcoin back then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: after the arc, uh, I kind of just wandered around the local um, area and just like chilled at like coffee shops, you know, and mm-hmm. went to like bars and just drank. And, um, <laughs> so you know how like you have the French stereotype, everyone walks around with baguettes? Yes. It's a little bit accurate. <laughs> yeah. I was like walking around. I'm like, why are you people carrying breads? I didn't know about the stereotype at the time. So I was like, why are people just walking around downtown with bread in their hands? And I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hung around that area for, until like maybe like six o'clock at night, got dinner and then went back to my hotel. And then uh, the next morning uh, I decided to walk north. To the um Sine? Sine River? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw the bridge with all the lockpicks on it.
0: Yeah, the yeah. love bridge. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. I think they took that down now. Okay. Yeah, so you actually had a really...
1: Yeah, I wish I took um, pictures of it at the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think they still have... There's one bridge where people still put the locks on a pole, mm-hmm. but the main... You know how they had like a big pieces where people put the locks on kind right. of like a fence mm-hmm. thing that part they took down because it was getting so heavy mm-hmm. so you were there in a historic moment <laughs>
1: yeah it was pretty cool to see everyone's like initials on there and stuff and then um i w- went across the bridge and i w- walked around the um alongside the river and i was able to go by the uh, army museum you know okay. and it's kind of close to the, it's close to the uh,
0: Ah, the Louvre. The
1: Louvre, yes. Uh, it was close to there. Um, like I said, it's been a while, so I don't remember yeah. the Yeah. And I saw a freaking Winston Churchill statue just...
0: Hanging out. Hanging out.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. I never think uh, he would pop up here. <laughs> uh, I guess there's some like historical uh, facts about it or something.
0: Do you know much of the history? I don't. I don't. Oh,
1: okay. I was like, I just thought it was pretty cool because I knew yeah. who Winston Churchill was. I, was like, I didn't expect him to show up in Paris. I guess yeah. it's some kind of Paris treaty. Oh. I suck with history. <laughs> and then I went to check out the Louvre and then the museum nearby with the Mona Lisa. Yeah, and,
0: and the Mona Lisa's in the Louvre, I think. It's in the Louvre, yeah. yes.
1: And then um, I thought the pyramid was the Louvre.
0: <laughs> That's the top. So ah, I don't okay. know if you knew this. This was really fascinating to me when I went to the Louvre is actually... You know how the part that sticks out of the Louvre is always the part that's photographed, right? Mm-hmm. Because people, there's like a plaza and people right, are right, walking right. around and mm-hmm. there's a pyramid of glass. Right. And, and people think of that as the Louvre and the top of the Louvre. Because you can look down and see that b- mm-hmm. b- below people are in and in there and that's where you get in. Gotcha. But actually, mm-hmm. the Louvre is not only underground there, mm-hmm. but all of the buildings that are around that plaza are also the Louvre. Mm. So it's huge, but... It's so well hidden. Well, yeah.
1: But by, by the way, I'm like walking around this whole time. I, I didn't. Even- even think about taking the subway at that point <laughs> so uh, when i got to like the louvre area it's just started downpouring and since i'm walking everywhere i don't even have a map at that time you know i don't even have a data plan when i was in paris yeah so i was like i can't rely on my phone so pretty self
0: uh, pretty smartphone yeah, yeah 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 so struggles were real
1: one of the struggles of a college student that just got out of college you know yeah yeah so uh, i'm just like shit it's pouring yeah okay <laughs> i was like it's it's pouring right now so I should probably head back because I got like six more days of vacation left. I don't want to be like super sick.
0: Yeah, that would ruin a lot of.
1: And coming from Washington, I'm like, you know what? It's raining. It's fine. I'll just put on my North Face jacket. So I (laughs) tried doing that.
0: It doesn't work. (laughs) It does
1: not work. By the time I'm walking like 30 minutes into the rain, I'm like soaked to the bone. Oh man! Uh, And then uh, I ended up walking 10 minutes like south of my hotel, and then it wasn't until I saw like a local map that I was able to, like, oh, shoot, I overwalked it. Uh, oh. And then I ended up walking another half an hour back to my hotel. And at that point, I just feel like, oh, shoot, something's coming up. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I, can, I can already feel my chest getting congested. So, I mean, it's, it's like,
0: crazy you could even walk that mm-hmm. far and, like, I don't know. I'm horrible at directions right. without a map. Uh-huh. So just to like know, I'm kind of like, <laughs> oh, I know I'm here, and I generally want to go right, this direction right. is pretty awesome in yeah. itself.
1: So I, I got back to my hotel. I ended up taking like a super long hot shower, and then I ended up washing my clothes too and drying it on the um, uh, heater. Nice.
0: Yeah. And very then, European of you. Very
1: European. <laughs> I couldn't find a dryer washer anymore. <laughs> um, not in the hotel, at least. But yeah. So. Uh, Woke up the next morning, I felt a lot better, but still kind of snuffy. Mm. Um, had to be at the airport by 6 a.m. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but I do like the Charles de Gaulle airport. It's super unique. I don't think I've ever been to an airport where the like terminal just like splits off to two sides.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Uh-huh.
1: And then um, from there, I flew up to Edinburgh. Uh, first day there, uh, once I landed, I checked into my hotel, which is kind of near the uh, Edinburgh City Council okay yeah um the thing that really blew my mind away was like the modern and the classical uh, style of buildings being mixed so well together have you ever been there before i
0: haven't so you'll Um, have to describe it for me
1: uh the best way i could describe it would probably be like if you ever imagined harry potter Diagon Diagon valley
0: oh yeah yeah
1: Yeah. the buildings are similar to that from majority of the um, locations and um the streets are wide enough for cars to go through without having any traffic but um it's just like blocks and blocks of the same style of building and it's just like you're in a fantasy at that point. <laughs> and in the middle it, like everything is mostly flat but it's like the elevation gains not too much but in the middle of the city there's like a huge plateau or a hill where the castle of edinburgh sits and it's just oh, overlooking the entire city
0: that sounds beautiful yeah and you had picked Edinburgh because you—that's where
1: we were meeting up. Yeah, my friend at the time, who turned out to be my old uh, neighbor. <laughs> so um,
0: at this point, you still didn't know. No, her.
1: I knew. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I knew. Who she was. <laughs> I thought maybe yeah. you
0: showed up, and you were like, "Oh, <laughs> like hey, surprise! you look so you know, familiar." Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the time, she was going doing veterinary school in Edinburgh. Oh, cool. So that's why share and I decided to go hang out with her. So uh, first day, they were busy doing something, so we didn't meet, meet up right away. Um, I walked around the city just enjoying the sights. You had a lot of street performance everywhere. Some guy was, like, doing a handstand with a bucket on his head.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, but the thing that really drove me wild was the Scottish accents the girls had.
0: Yeah, you liked yeah. that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, could damn. you understand I, that?
1: I could, but okay. at the same time, it's got that unique, like, it's. I guess it's how, like, American sound there, too, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I always wonder, especially for people in the U.K., uh-huh. of, like, I think that we always think British accents sound so proper mm-hmm. and, and sexy in their own way just because they're different. Right. But then I wonder if we just sound, sound... really janky to them. Like, <laughs> Like maybe late. sexy only because uh-huh. it's different, but not necessarily because it's... Not classy, but more. <laughs> yeah, like... it's not really a classy uh-huh. alternative to what they, the accents they use. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was at the uh, T-Mobile store trying to get like a phone card so I could at least like communicate with people there. So, yeah, like, I uh, got my phone card, and I uh, chatted up the girl a little bit, you know, how it was helping me. I was like, oh, damn, I can't I can't take this accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, walked around for a little bit, but surprisingly, they had the best Chinese food I've ever had. It, in in Edinburgh. Scotland. In, yeah. That's
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: It's, like, uh, very, very traditional, and I haven't had it since I was, like, 12. It's a uh, Hunan-style, like, just simple dish, like, peppers roasted or stir-fried with beef. Ooh. And... Over rice and some like um veggie stir-fried and here in the u.s you can't get anything that tastes as authentic as the um the real deal the real deal it kind of just bewildered me i was like well, i'm in freaking europe you know it's like yeah not even like london i'm in the freaking edinburgh scottish area and there's such good chinese food
0: that's crazy yeah i would never guess that because typically well maybe do you do you know if there's many chinese immigrants to scotland
1: I don't know about Scotland, but I do see a lot over in London.
0: Because when I lived in Spain, mm-hmm. um, or I should say after I lived in Spain, mm-hmm. sometimes people who don't understand the difference between Spanish-speaking countries very well, uh-huh. um, unfortunately would ask me, like, oh, did you eat a lot of good Mexican food? And I'm like, no, I lived in Spain. It's very different. It's not Mexican food. It's just like, because they speak Spanish. Very different. Yeah, well. <laughs> just because they speak Spanish. And unfortunately, a lot of people who like live in the U.S. and maybe haven't been to Europe, just associate the Spanish language with Mexico Mm because that's closest to us. But actually they don't have any Mexican food really in Spain. Like Mm -hmm. I think I saw one Mexican restaurant the whole time I lived there and I doubt it was very good just because they don't have many Mexican immigrants or there's a lot of Mexicans uh, who have the culture and the food background that are living in Spain. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting that you'll see such different foods in Europe just because they don't have the same kind of mix of cultures as we have in the US. Like mm-hmm. in Spain there's a lot of uh, donor kebabs and like donor kebabs are amazing and they're what open all night and like the kebab like they're called donor kebabs. Mm-hmm. It's Turkish food and it's like the Meat, the euro meat that they put in like a burrito style okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah, thing and they're amazing because they're like open really late So people go out to the clubs and mm-hmm. go out at night And then if you're hungry you like can get this huge donor kebab mm-hmm. for like pretty cheap like five euros or something right, right, right. So those are amazing and they're pretty common in Spain, but they're really really common in Germany mm-hmm. And that's because there it's Turkish food and there's a lot of Turkish people who live in germany and some that live in spain too so it's like you just see this like that's like a whatever mexican food is to the us where are mm-hmm. like oh we have a lot of great mexican food because a lot of mexicans have moved here mm-hmm. they have the same in europe for different c- countries and different right. cultures right. so um it's kind of interesting to think of like chinese food in scotland like maybe they just have some more authentic I don't know. chefs or something, chefs, yeah. or even the food
1: quality. You know, like ingredients. Yeah. is different. They
0: do have a higher standard of mm-hmm. food that's imported into their countries. That's for sure. Fresh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. So, um i walked around that. Went to visit Edinburgh Castle, and it's amazing up there. Like it's everything you expect a castle would be like. You yeah. got your basic giant gate, and then you go in a little bit and it curves up. And then it's just this giant viewing platform that overlooks the entire city with like little tiny uh, castle walls along it, yeah. and we have the uh, cannons pointing out towards the city. Yeah, and uh, I got some pretty good pictures of it. Um,
0: that's awesome it's just like a it's
1: like I don't a know, fairy tale fan, fairy tale come of. true yeah yeah
0: i think as americans we're so into castles too because uh-huh. a lot of my european friends are like why do you like castles so much <laughs> it's like we don't have castles right. and we grew up seeing them in like our fairy cartoon tale or cartoons, fairy tales yeah. yeah and that's exactly like what you're describing is mm-hmm. exactly what's evoked when i think of a, a fairy tale yeah. and uh I don't know there's something so magical about that to us because it really was a fantasy mm-hmm. until I mean even now if I go to Europe I'm like cool the castle right, because right, right. it's something that I grew up thinking of as a fantasy land but it's actually real in real life it's like if you saw a dragon mm-hmm. in real life <laughs> you would be like <laughs> you're like this was a thing that was just uh-huh. in a fantasy but right. now I see it <laughs> right
1: and even like simple things as like glass windows in the castle you have it all decorated with like stories uh, in it embedded within the windows that's so cool and and it's just kind of unique to see how people lived back then and just get a glimpse of that history. Yeah. One thing I would say is dress warmly because I wore a t-shirt up to Edinburgh Castle and it was chilly. I wish oh, I wore a sweater.
0: I'm sure it's, it's very shadowy windy. and like inside. Yeah,
1: it's super windy because there's no like mountain range to block the mm. wind. And um, yeah, after the castle, I kind of walked down west a little bit and just going down that strip, like the, the road was like not even like concrete, it was literally rocks put together to form a road, but it's all like pretty smoothed out too. Oh. So you kind of get the old feeling of how it used to be, and then you still got modern technology like electricity and like, yeah. Wi-Fi and like neon like, signs, <laughs> but the buildings were like very traditional as well.
0: That's um, so cool.
1: One fun fact that I knew once I got there was uh, the author J.K. Rowling apparently started her books in Edinburgh.
0: Oh, we yeah. started writing. We that? Started
1: writing Harry Potter, and it was one of the oh. bars in Edinburgh that she got the inspirations from the four different houses.
0: Oh, yeah. that's so cool! What a—it sounds like a beautiful place to be inspired to write uh-huh. <laughs> a series. Right?
1: And did I you go to that bar? I did not. I didn't find out till later. Yeah, otherwise I've, I I've done that sometimes yeah. where I'm
0: like, oh, this really cool thing was at this place that I was just at like two <laughs> weeks ago and I didn't go see it, but it's across the, the ocean. So right. I'm like, gonna I said, you back. Like,
1: everything I did there was like Paris and Edinburgh was all last minute planning. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing I would say is one of the best bars restaurants that I went to there was called the Whiskey Room. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Sounds
0: very, like, American country bar, but I'm guessing it was not.
1: It's more Scottish because they have uh, local Scottish ah, distilleries there, you know? That
0: makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> so I ended up
1: just getting a little bit buzzed off the flight of whiskeys there. Nice. And I tried Haggis for the first time, never doing it again. I've never it. I can't Haggis. do it.
0: How, describe
1: uh, it looked for like, someone
0: who has no idea what it is. It
1: looked like a deep-fried dumpling but instead of like pork and whatnot you had like i think it was like cow or sheep liver and oh. intestines all grinded it up and put in there it's like a delicacy over there
0: but you didn't like it
1: i tried it it's i i, I can eat it but i wouldn't order it again <laughs> gotcha so yeah. it was
0: fine but just not maybe to your taste. not to my liking. taste yeah, yeah.
1: i uh, but everyone else around me I, like i see a few people ordering it yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, this is a it's weird. a
1: acquired taste, I would call <laughs> it that yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good way to put yeah. it.
1: Yeah. And then uh, met up with my friends there and we just chatted and like caught up, ca- got caught up with like stories from like college and whatnot. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Yeah. Um, Especially it had been a while since a while. you had yeah. seen your one friend probably, yeah.
1: right? Yeah, we used to have like scooter races down our hallway. We had one yeah. great first Harkening year. Harkening so back yeah. to yeah.
0: college days. Yeah. In next week to hear the rest of Shao's story, including his road trip to the Isle of Skye, his trip to London, and his favorite things about travel. You can find us on transpo.com on Instagram or Twitter at at or on Facebook.com slash You can also email us at TrinspoCast at gmail.com. Thanks for coming along for the journey.